something special, a bit of a rock behind us. That's right, but keep away from it for the moment. Away from the rock. Why don't you go there? Brilliant, brilliant. So stand on that side. You are now in the desert, children. So can you look really thirsty? Can you look thirsty for me? It's quite hard to look thirsty, actually, isn't it? Oh, such a dry mouth. Horrible, horrible. Now, what happens is the Israelites, they camped at Rephidim. But there was no water to drink at all. There was no water for the people. And that is a disaster. It's so hot and tiring in the desert, but there's no water. So children, do you feel happy or sad that there's no water? Sad. Of course you feel sad. It's a, it's a bad thing. It's not good. I would feel sad. So what will the people do? That's what we're seeing in our story. What will the people do? Well, verse 2 told us the Israelites quarreled with Moses. They grumbled with Moses. Now, where's Moses? Is Moses here? Nigel is being our Moses. Nigel complained to me about being typecast as a wise man, so he's Moses today. Brilliant. Here's Moses. He's the leader God chose for the people. And they grumble. You, all the Israelites, they grumble at Moses. Four times it says in in that passage, they grumbled or quarreled. Twice in verse 2, verse 3, verse 7, they grumble, grumble, grumble at their leader. Now, interesting that the people are not just grumbling at Moses. This is interesting. They're not just grumbling at Moses. Actually, they're accusing him. They're accusing him. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? So let me show you how he's doing it. So children, I think, if you come down here now, children, because Mo- and two of you grab Nathan, and can the two of you grab Moses? Can you grab him by the arm and make him stand in the middle there? Because you're not happy with him. All the rest of you children sit at the front. That's it. Looking at, looking at the front. So if you go down the bottom of the stairs, fantastic, fantastic. The Israelites, they are accusing Moses. And let me explain how this happens. Now, this is not a pantomime, but for each accusation, uh, when I say so, you can boo and hiss at Moses, okay? You can boo and hiss at him. Um, But when I say, okay, so there are three really awful accusations that the people make against Moses, their leader. You can sit down as well, actually, the two of you. Nathan, if you sit down, please sit down. Brilliant. There are three, they make three accusations. Okay, did you see the first one in the reading? The first accusation is, they say to Moses, do you remember? Give us water to drink. Remember that? Now they're saying, Moses, you're ignoring us. Moses, you're ignoring us. We're thirsty and you're not giving us any water. You're ignoring us. That's a bad thing. I don't like that. So we're going to give him this accusation here. He wants to give that. Phoebe, do you want to give it to, give it to Moses? That's your accusation against him. And let me all go boo and hiss. Boo! Sorry, that's very loud, I realise, on the microphone. That's, the first, that's a bad accusation, isn't it? Moses, you're ignoring us. Oh dear, oh dear. Now what about the second accusation? Did you spot the second one? In verse 3, they say to Moses... Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and animals die of thirst? They're saying there, Moses, you're hurting us. You're not just ignoring us, you're hurting us. That's also a bad accusation. They're saying, we're thirsty, we might die. Why are you hurting us, Moses? 
So that's a terrible thing to accuse him of as well, isn't it? But they're accusing him. Who wants to give John to give that one to Moses? Brilliant. That's the second accusation. We need to boo and hiss, don't we? Boo, boo. We don't like Moses at all, do we? We think he's hurting us. We think he's ignoring us. Now, what about the third accusation? There's a third one. Did you spot that? That was a bit later on. The third accusation is, in verse 7, we're told, the Israelites tested the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? Hmm, Now, that is really interesting. So it's clear that when the people are accusing Moses, as Eddie said earlier, really, they're, they're accusing God. They're accusing God. They're testing the Lord. So they're saying, God, you're leaving us. Is the Lord here or is he here among us or not? Moses, you're leaving us. God, you're leaving us. That's the third accusation. So who wants to give this one? Well, you put your hand up there. Do you want to give that accusation? Can we boo? Can we boo at him? Boo. Boo. Bad old Moses. Do you see? They're accusing Moses. Actually, they're accusing God. They're saying, Moses, God, you're, you're ignoring us. You're hurting us. You're leaving us. Big accusations against them, isn't it? Very big accusations. Now, a question. Have you ever had those kind of thoughts for yourself? I know I have. I think most of us would have had those kind of thoughts. Grumbling at God, but actually accusing God. God, you're ignoring me. You're hurting me. You're leaving me. It's very easy to have those kind of thoughts. And in the people's minds, the people, they think that Moses deserves the penalty for these things. Did you see that in the passage? They think he deserves a penalty. In verse 4, Moses says, The people are almost ready to stone me. Now, we're not going to act this one out. But the penalty is, now stoning was often the penalty when people were found guilty. The penalty is, they decide, he deserves to die. He deserves to be stoned. And that's really terrible, isn't it? Do you see how awful that is? It's a bit like saying, God, we want you to die. Can you imagine such a thing? God, we want you to die. They want to stone Moses. It's, it's kind of the same thing, really. But again, we can have those kind of thoughts. God, I, I wish you weren't here. I wish you weren't in, in my life. I wish you didn't exist. We can think very similar things. And the crazy thing is that God does not deserve to die. Because actually the people do. Because they've been accusing him. So let's find out what happens next. I think some of us know what happens next. What will happen? What will happen? Well, Moses says, what should I do with these people? God, what should I do? And God gives Moses the plan. There's a plan. That's good. It's always good when there's a plan. So he says, verse 5, he says, walk on ahead of the people. Walk on and take two things. Okay, you need two things. First of all, you need uh, take some of the elders of Israel with you. So take some of the elders. So imagine that we have um, a couple of leaders here on either side. Well, um, and so the elders are on the sides. We're not adding this out. Now, the elders were a bit like witnesses in a court. A bit like that. So with the elders there, the leaders there, it looks like there's going to be some sort of penalty against the people, which they deserve. That looks like it's, that's what's going to happen. That's the first thing to take. Take the elders. The second thing is, 
God says, take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile. That's a staff. Very special staff, that one. Because back in Egypt, which you might remember this story if you know it, God used Moses' staff to judge Egypt by turning the Nile to blood. Extraordinary story, that. So having this staff, Moses has this staff, it also makes it look like there's going to be some kind of penalty going on here against the people. That's what it really looks like. Is this part of the plan? And then God says, then God says this. He says, I, God, and we can have the PowerPoint, we can read this on the screen again. God says this. He says, I, God, will stand before you by the rock at Horeb and strike the rock and water will come out for the people to drink. Do you see what God is saying? He's saying, there's this rock. This is the rock. This is the rock at Horeb, okay? We have this rock. And Moses is saying, you stand over there. And God is saying, I will stand before you, between the two. I'll stand between you. Strike the rock and water will come out. Seems a bit bizarre, doesn't it? That's a bit bizarre. And usually if you strike rock, water doesn't come out. I've never done that. That's a bit of an unusual thing. Is that going to happen? Do you think that's going to happen? Do you think so? What an interesting plan from God. Well, let's see what happens. Can we have a drum roll, please? If you all do a drum roll on our... And then Moses winds up. And then a big clap as he hits the rock. Would you believe it? I wasn't expecting that at all. I was a little bit, actually. Wow. God has provided water for the people so the people can drink water from the rock ah that is fantastic how kind God is isn't he kind and powerful very exactly now now listen up because there's something actually even more amazing going on here it's really worth listening to there's something even more amazing remember the people had said that God deserved to die as a penalty, even though that they really deserve to die. Do you remember that? God does take the penalty here for their grumbling. Remember, there's the elders, there's the staff, there's some kind of penalty going on. God does take the penalty here. God stands before Moses at the rock and Moses strikes him. That's what happens. When Moses struck the rock, somehow God was there when that happens. He himself took the penalty for their grumbling in place of the people. Now fast forward a thousand years or so to uh, the Apostle Paul just after the time of Jesus. And Paul looks back at Israel in the desert and he says this. He says this, which is the next slide. Paul says this. He says, they drank, the Israelites, they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And the rock was Christ. bit surprising, perhaps. But he says, that rock over there in the desert, when the Israelites drank from the rock, Jesus Christ was there somehow. 
Now that might seem a bit confusing. But what he's saying is this. What he's saying is this. Is that Jesus Christ was executed on a cross a thousand years after this rock event. Jesus was executed on a cross even though Jesus had never, ever grumbled about God at all. He'd never done that. Jesus Christ was struck by God's judgment and took the penalty in place of people, in place of us. Jesus, somehow he was there at the rock, but when he was executed on the cross, he was there finally and fully taking that penalty for people's grumbling. What an extraordinary thing. It is extraordinary, isn't it? It's not a normal thing, but how wonderful. So the story about uh, Israel in the desert, the story, it's, it's, not just, it's not just a lesson for us. It's not just uh, we shouldn't grumble. I mean, that's also true, we shouldn't grumble, but it's not just that. It's also not just um, God provides for his people in really hard times. It, that is true, that's totally true, but it's not just that. The story shows us that God has helped us in the best way possible. The very best way. Our grumbling is so bad. We accuse God. We want him dead. So we deserve God's penalty. But Jesus took the penalty for our grumbling away from us. He took it away. God treated Jesus as if he had grumbled like we do. So that he treats us as if we'd never grumble. And this is why trusting in Jesus is so wonderful. Because because we know Jesus died for us at the cross. We know that God never ignores us. He never hurts us. He never leaves us. We know that. Even though it can feel like he does at times. It feels like it. But we know because of the cross he doesn't. Instead God always cares for us. He always wants the best for us. He always is with us. Christians can be totally sure of that. We know that God provides in all sorts of ways, like he provided the water for the Israelites in the desert. Wonderful, so kind of God. But best of all, he provides for us. Because Jesus has taken the penalty for our grumbling. And isn't that amazing? Let's pray together. Dear Father, we thank you so much that you would take away that penalty for our grumbling. Thank you for Jesus, that he would go to his death for our sake and be struck for our sake to take that penalty away from us so that we can know you as our God and Saviour and Father. We thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen.